December 11, Revelation chapter 2, verse 18, through chapter 3, verse 6. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Thyatira. This is the message from the Son of God, whose eyes are bright like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. I know all the things you do, your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. But I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. She is encouraging them to worship idols, eat food offered to idols, and commit sexual sin. I gave her time to repent, but she would not turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her upon a sickbed, and she will suffer greatly with all who commit adultery with her, unless they turn away from all their evil deeds. I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person. And I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. But I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who have not followed this false teaching. Deeper truths, as they call them. Depths of Satan, really. I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end, I will give authority over all the nations. They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority I received from my Father, and I will also give them the morning star. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold Spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do, and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Now wake up! Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is at the point of death. Your deeds are far from right in the sight of God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly, and turn to me again. Unless you do, I will come upon you suddenly, as unexpected as a thief. Yet, even in Sardis, there are some who have not soiled their garments with evil deeds. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my Father and His angels that they are mine. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This week's Bible Meditation, Romans 3, 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Now as we come to the fourth chapter, the opening of the fourth chapter of John's Gospel, the subject in the opening six verses is to test the spirits. You see that in verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but tests the spirits. 
John understands how important it is to realize that you can't believe everything you hear. You can't believe everything that is purported to come from God. You can't believe everything that is supposedly biblical. You cannot believe all teachers of religion. You cannot believe all Christian preachers or Christian evangelists or teachers. You cannot believe all who came... Uh, who claim to speak for God, who claim to have prophetic voice. There is set loose in the world, you'll notice at the end of verse 6, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Religious information is not benign. It either comes from the spirit of truth, who is the Holy Spirit, so called by our Lord Himself several times in the upper room discourse in the gospel of John. There is the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, and there is the spirit of error, who would be Satan and his demons. Nothing is benign. All spiritual truth either comes from a divine source or a demonic source. And we know that God speaks truth and reveals truth, and Satan speaks a lie and is a deceiver, and so it is critical that we be able to discern the difference. God's truth must be guarded very, very carefully. It is always under attack. It is relentlessly under attack. It uh, amazes me, frankly, even though the Bible is clear on this, how inept the church has been through its history at protecting biblical truth. Every generation seems to fall into error. This is why the apostle Paul instructed Timothy at the end of his first letter to him, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20, O Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you. And what had been entrusted to him was the treasure of divine revelation. Guard that. In order to guard it, he says, you have to avoid worldly and empty chatter. You have to avoid arguments that oppose the Scripture, even though they might be called knowledge. They are falsely called knowledge. Some have professed these things and gone astray from the faith. Guard the treasure, guard the truth, what is essential to the faith. That's how he ended his first letter to Timothy. Here's how he began his second letter to Timothy, chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, verse 13, retain, that is, hold the standard of sound words. Hold on to sound doctrine which you have heard from me. Verse 14, guard, there is that same word again, guard or keep through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, the treasure which has been entrusted to you." Literally, the good deposit, and that is the deposit of divine truth. Guard it, Timothy. Retain it. Hold on to it, because it is ever and always under assault. And you notice also there in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says, "'You are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from Me, among whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes.'" A couple of defectors, a couple of uh, those who turned away from Paul and thus turned away from the truth. And Paul is saying to Timothy, don't be like them, don't 
abandon the truth. Don't abandon Me, the true apostle. It's the guardianship that is so important. We cannot pass on the truth unless we protect it, unless we guard it. There are always false religionists, cultists. There are always those who come along with their deceptive schemes that purport to be biblical, that uh, quote Bible verses that say they have a message from God, that have a better way to understand the Bible and apply the Bible to make the Bible acceptable, to make the gospel acceptable. There are those who in outright fashion attack the Bible, and then there are those who are much more subtle than that. But we are constantly being called to the defense of the Scripture and the defense of the truth. And this duty falls heavily upon me as it does any servant of God. It requires two things to guard the truth. One, you have to know the truth. That's why Paul said to Timothy, hold on to sound doctrine. You can't guard what you don't understand. If a minister or a pastor does not know sound doctrine, he can't guard it. So first of all, it requires, the fulfillment of this duty requires the knowledge of sound doctrine, and secondly, it requires the recognition of error. Sound doctrine and sound discernment, essential in the church. This is our primary responsibility, and it runs parallel to our teaching. How can we teach sound doctrine if we don't know it? How can we teach our people to avoid error if we don't recognize it. Sound doctrine and sound discernment go side by side and are the primary responsibility of every preacher, every elder, every shepherd and pastor in the church. And John discharges that responsibility. John knows sound doctrine and he articulates it, and John also possesses sound discernment and he provides helpful warnings to aid others to do the same. In this epistle, here in chapter 4, John commands believers to test the spirits. This is necessary if you're going to discern between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You have to know whatever information is coming to you by its source. Psalm 130. Verses 1 through 8, a song for the ascent to Jerusalem. From the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord, pay attention to my prayer. Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness, that we might learn to fear you. I am counting on the Lord, yes, I am counting on Him. I have put my hope in His Word. I long for the Lord. More than centuries long for the dawn. Yes, more than centuries long for the dawn. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is unfailing love and an overflowing supply of salvation. He Himself will free Israel from every kind of sin. Proverbs chapter 29 Verses 21 and 22. A servant who is pampered from childhood will later become a rebel. A hot-tempered person starts fights and gets into all kinds of sins.